Hello, good people. It's Sarah Golding here. I, I hope your week's a good week in the grand scheme of however you rock along. So, welcome to episode the third. Can't believe we're here already. <laughs> Huge thank yous to the Wellcome Trust and the Pulse Award grant funding for making this a possibility to happen. Now, this is the last episode focusing more on Kirsten's story. Lovely Kirsten. On to give her a cuddle, don't you? And I think you agree that it's just amazing of Kirsten to share these events, feelings and, and her inner thoughts, which might be things that resonate with you. So wherever you are in your own story, if you've appreciated Kirsten's words, feel free to join me in a moment in a, just a nod of kinship joy in as much as the nod represents acknowledgement of being a part of the, the endo sisterhood and their friends. I just want you to feel like you can empower yourself and you can it's okay to acknowledge your condition. Your condition makes a difference in your life potentially every day. And just go forth and find your endo sisters and hold someone else's hand through your journey. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to face these hard, harder than that, harder than you can think of times alone. You don't. Do you? Mm-hmm. No. So. If you feel like you're an endo sister, just give a slow nod in solidarity and support with others who, no matter where they are in their journey right now, might be nodding too. We're all nodding together in our various timelines. Yes. So send good thoughts while you're nodding. Yes. Of healing and happiness. So let's try that nod after three. One, two, three. Nodding. Nod. Healing, health and happiness. Good thoughts to you. Okay, we start our last part of Freya's app of the audio fiction, wherein Freya talks about her first experience in hospital and how it made morbid thoughts come to the fore. The accident-prone Charlie is caught scratching with a hairbrush. (laughs) Flo, Charlie's mum, calls up in distress, suffering a moment of acute anxiety in a public place. It's the first time we we hear a little bit about Flo and and how her PTSD and anxiety and depression is, is one way it manifests. And they all ask Freya questions about her pain and how she feels to just try to fathom the difference between just painful periods and full-blown, rather serious indeed, cases of endometriosis. But I do want to say that, you know, not everyone has it with pain. And some people have totally different symptoms or no symptoms at all or bloat to look like four months pregnant and aren't sure why, which really isn't helpful when you want to actually be pregnant. And yeah... I thought you might be preg as last time we took your two swimming, Charlie. What? Nothing. Here you go. Thanks. So, yeah. Poor Charlie's scratching around with a hairbrush in there. It's crazy. She did fill one of the bottles, though. Great. So, come on. What do they do to you with this telescope? They watch the bad cells to death. No, no. They can do, at the moment, one of two things. Ablation or excision. Ablation? kinky not really it's where they burn off the tissue and excision is where they cut it out well the power of excision compels you (laughs) there you go (laughs) ah there you are thanks charlie that's lovely (laughs) yeah cutting it out is much more successful than burning it off well what's being burnt off now your ovaries god no i need them actually mine were fused together with 
the bad cells. They're meant to be here, but mine were here. Ah, oh, touching each other. Kissing ovaries. Yeah. Well, they burn off all the excess blood cells they can find, Charlie, or they can cut them out. Oh, right. Um, I'll just fill these ones too, yeah? Yes, please. That would be amazing. Oh. And no scratching out there. There's this book that I've been listening to. The Doctor May See You Now. It's a book about endometriosis and they were talking about it like killing off weeds. If you were going to burn the head of the dandelion, then, you know, it's going to grow back. Whereas if you go down to the roots and kind of cut it out, it's much more likely to be successful. So, so yeah, they'll do that tomorrow. Cut it out. Wait, hang on. So you're in this much constant pain and you're home alone today? Oh, where's Dan? I'll kill him. I sent him to the shop for chocolate. Thought you were dairy-free. I am. The dark one's fine for treats. So, yeah, I'm knackered. And actually, just realising you were going to ram my door down because you thought I was dead. Oh, ah. Ah, you're welcome. I think I sprained my shoulder, though. Charlie's the only one not injured in the last five minutes. Shit! You are right, Char? No, bloody burn myself by the hot bloody hot bloody water bottle bath, Dad. Run it under the tap of freezing water for ages. Is it a big burn? Char? I'll go and see she's all right. We shouldn't have let her near the kettle, to be honest. No. no. So, how are you feeling then about your op, Freya? I mean, you okay? I mean, I'm not being rude, but you look a bit shit. Thanks. It must bloody hurt being scraped like that. Yeah, well, I will be under general anaesthetic. I mean, I've done it once, so I kind of know what to expect. The worst bit was just before the op, to be honest. I I, I thought I wouldn't wake up. I was sat up in bed in a ward of about six beds. Curtains wrapped around, of course. I didn't want to see or talk to anyone. And I was reading an email from my stepmother-in-law about visualisation and how this can help in recovery of surgery. I hadn't thought much about what happens afterwards. I just read it when they came to get me. I was first into surgery that day and by the time I was dropped off by my husband and I'd been seen by the catering team and the surgeon and the anaesthetist, I barely had a moment to think. I was nervous. Very, very nervous about the surgery itself and the going under. And panicking about the thoughts of... What happens if I don't wake up? But I think, I, I guess that it's fairly normal, especially the first time. But more than that, I was worried that they might not find endometriosis, that maybe, maybe it was all in my head, that it was just normal pain, women's problems, just normal, and, and not something that should be life-altering in the way that it was. Okay, Mrs. Darwin, let's take you through now. You all set? Let me take that for you. Shall I pop it in here? Thanks. I should have said something to the anaesthetist about being scared, but I didn't stiff up a lip and all that. Whatever that means. Anyway, I couldn't help thinking or stop thinking things like maybe I'd never see my daughter again, I'd never see my husband or anyone. I'd be dead. Nothing. Not... not thinking. Not... being. Not... anything. Anywhere.
And what for? Just for having bad periods? Okay, and count to ten for me. One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, what if that's all it was? All it was. And I was being... being <laughs> how damn ridiculous. I didn't realise how painful it was. I wonder, like I wonder, I wonder. I could feel myself being... Put out of it, being like Juliet on the slab, asleep, asleep, but awake, but awake, but asleep, awake, but asleep, awake, 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 but asleep, asleep, asleep. When presently through all thy veins shall run a cold and drowsy humour, for no pulse shall keep his native progress, but surcease, no warmth, no breath shall testify thou livest. The roses in thy lips and cheeks shall fade to paley ashes. Thy eyes' windows fall like death when he shuts up the day of life. Fry Lawrence, Romeo and Juliet, Act 4, Scene 1. Did that a few years ago and still remember the lines. Yeah, you were great as the friar. Weren't you the nurse? Oh, that was a good show, that. Quality cast. So, um, you woke up and all's well that ends well. So, when will they know it's all gone, the... the the gunk, the stuff. I'll have an MRI soon to check on the all clear. And if not, I'll need another operation. And another. Shit. And a- Indeed. So, do you want a lift? I mean, if you ever do, just ask. It's all at Rowan West Hospital, right? You know, that would be really helpful. If you could pick me up too, even better. And I'll get you some wine or something. Oh, no need. Just get the first round in after the next show. Oh, I'm not doing the next one. What? No! You can't stop because of this. I can. It's just all... It's too... It's too much. We're trying to conceive and, well, it's just... Oh, shut up. Not too good not to be in the next one. It's bad girls. Oh, you'd be brilliant in that. I reckon Charlie and Rachel would be brilliant as a Julie's. Oh, come on, you can't not do it. And Dave. <gasps> you'd be brilliant as one of the jailers. I'm going for shut, of course. <laughs> Here's the patient. Oh, I'm fine, but I am such a dick. We know that. You okay? Yeah, fine. How's you doing, Freya? Sorry, I didn't manage to fill any more of the hot water bottles. It all went a bit peak. No worries. I'm kind of better without them at the moment. This one's just perfect. Thanks. Sorry you got burnt and, and you got stabbed and you dislocated something, but... It's been actually lovely to see you, but if it's okay with you, I'd prefer if you'd all please bugger off now. I need some sleep. Sleep's for wimps. So, what hippy-dippy stuff have you been doing to heal yourself with then, madam? Because don't tell me you and your fam haven't been doing something, like placing your wombs to the east and lying on grass and all that (laughs) hippy-dippy. Hippy-dippy? Yeah, you know. I'd expect you to be having a gong bath every few hours and listening to some meditation music or something. Well, I have been trying acupuncture. Oh, that explains that then. What then? Well... You've had, like, a little needle sticking out from the very tip top of your head. <laughs> I, no- I noticed it first as I was in kind of slow motion falling to the floor at the front door, and at first I thought it was a grey hair sticking up, but no. Let me get it for you. Ow! That's my actual hair. Soz, I got it. Here you go. Woo! That's longer than I expected. <laughs> you said that before. Oh, my God. We so need to set you up with someone. <laughs> I've got a blind date on Thursday, though I don't think he'll actually be... Blind. No, love. 
Probably not, but hey, if he was, win-win. He won't have to look at your... Oi! Oh. I was going to say... Oh. Sorry, got to get this. It's Mum. Mum, yeah, no. You all right? Yeah? No, not really. You at home? Uh, I'm at Freya's. She's just talking about her operation. Operation? Yeah. When's that day? Tomorrow. Appendix or something? No, endo. Oh, is she okay? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or in bed? Yeah, she's walking about, yeah. So, what are you up to? I've got myself in a headache again. What? It's happening again, Charlie, and I'm lost. Oh, no, it's all right. No, well, I think I'm in Cookham. Where's the car? The car's in the supermarket. Okay. And you left shopping. Yes, I'm sorry, Charlie. <sighs> That's okay, Mum. No, 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 I can get the milk. I'm sorry, Charlie. No, I just don't no, know what came yeah, over me. no. As long as you're all right. She was in the supermarket and something happened and she got freaked out and just walked out and kept walking. She's like three miles away in Cookham. <sighs> Left her car at the supermarket. Um, can we go and get her in a mo, Gabby? Sure. Okay, okay, okay Mum? Yes? Yeah, listen, Gabby's going to come with me to get you and then we can get your car and I'll drive us home, all right? Oh, thank you, Charlie. Yeah. Go into the cafe or the pub or something and I'll come to get you. I'll go to the pub. All right, Mum. Okay, all right, yeah. Is she okay? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Bell and Dragon. Yeah, you got money? Sorry, Charlie. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm quite tired now. Alright, okay, Matt, I won't be long. Thanks, Charlie. Bye. Love you. Love you, bye. Bye, she Charlie. She's doing that, doesn't she? Is she alright? Mm, I'm really worried about her. It's why I asked her to come and stay with us, but this, the frequency of these things, this is it's extra worrying. Um, can we go and get rid of my gabs? Sure, please. So, Freya, can, can we leave you alone? I mean... Yeah, of course. I'm not suicidal today. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just sore. Mm. See, I've also been doing this visualisation thing. It was in the email from the mother-in-law. Oh, proper hippy-dippy. There it is. Peace, man. Shh. And, well, you know, I have a love of medieval history. So I started to visualise these teeny tiny medieval soldiers who were all sent to jump in through my abdominal incisions. <laughs> and, well... Bite all the nasty bloody bits with their swords, <laughs> chop them off and the like. <laughs> Incinerate to the sword's touch. They'd vanish, <laughs> poof, leaving a beautiful clean uterus and a womb ready for... Spam! Oh, well, yes, I guess. A baby would be nice. Yeah, off coffee. Oh, not me. Uh, I'll get mum and a mo if that's okay to go now-ish, girl. Oh, sure. For you, love. Oh, you look so worried. She'll be okay. Can I have another one, please? One sugar for Mita and Freya? Uh-huh. I'm glad you didn't die. You know, under Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. B3. Me four. Um, why don't we all take a moment to visualise these soldiers? Group visions, that'll sort them out. <laughs> Gabby, you're in charge. Here, take a Lego man. Yep. Rachel. Ooh.
she today that sheds her blood with me shall be my sister. Be she ne'er so vile this day, shall gentle her condition. And gentlewomen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here. And hold their womanhood's cheek whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day! Uh, can we go get my mum now? Okay. You gonna be okay, Freya? I can stay a little longer if you like. You got some bacon in. Ooh, you're gonna cook me a fry up, Rach. Oh, I wouldn't, Freya. The cooking would make you feel worse. Oi! Go get your mum. No to the fry up, thanks, but you go ahead. I might just sleep and you can tidy up my house if you want. I'm alright, Jack. I'm alright. Now, I hope you enjoyed the first part of our audio fiction focusing on endometriosis. I do want to highlight what seems like a, I guess, a throwaway line I wrote in the audio fiction. But for me, it stands out because Sin's character, Freya, says, I'm not feeling suicidal today. And see, it seems to me that the kind of pain that Kirsten and Freya have described is life-changing there. The consistency of it, the perpetual nature of it. And I'm certain that if you don't have good support at home, thankfully, I know that Louis Kirsten's husband is amazing. Hello, Louis. And she says so. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've seen him in action. He's a good dude. Uh, not in an action. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to. I was trying to be serious. <sighs> but if if you don't have that kind of support, it's obvious that times can get muddy and difficult and dark and I hope please you find the strength to reach out to someone either known to you or in the medical profession that can give you and or find you support and help. I think it's true to say we all have dark days but chronic pain has its unseen perpetual battles and as I've said before and firmly believe you only get one life and sometimes you have to do things you don't really want to to get back on track. There's no shame in seeking help for how you feel ever. You are worth helping, supporting, and there are ways to make things easier somehow. So please do have a look at the resources and networking sites we could find to help you. And always, always make contact with your GP if you're worried or feel like you you do need help and advice. Now, of course, I have to acknowledge that we are hugely lucky in the UK that we have the NHS. Hooray for the NHS. And I am out there clapping like a lunatic, like the rest of you, for family members who are working hard right now. Love you. And the strangers that make such a difference and making people better every day. So if you need help, you're the one that needs to make that first step. And you owe it to yourself to make it because people can help. Don't ignore all of these feelings until that pain mentally and physically gets unbearable get yourself sorted you owe it to yourself right go on um i know for a fact that the lovely fay farthing of endometriosis uk would agree <laughs> and here's what she said about folks needing to recognize that they need help 
Now, I have here, again, the wonderful Faye Farthing from the Endometriosis UK charity. Welcome back, Faye. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me again. Great to be here. Uh, well, I, I, again, I'm really excited to be able to share your expertise in this field. And today's focus really is on folks who suspect they have this condition or perhaps have it and have researched enough to think they know they have it. The essential question is, when do folks with this condition or who suspect they might have it need to recognise that they do need help? The most important thing is that if pain is interfering with your everyday life, to seek help from your GP. So endometriosis symptoms vary from person to person, but the most common ones to look out for are chronic pelvic pain, painful periods, painful sex, painful bowel movement, so pain when you go to the toilet, um, and infertility. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms to, to any degree, it's always worth going to your GP to check out what those symptoms might be. On the Endometriosis UK website, we have a pain and symptoms diary. So it's worth filling out a diary before you go to that appointment so you can track your symptoms and you can show your GP when you go to that appointment exactly what symptoms you're experiencing and, and when during the month that you're you're experiencing them. Um, I think one of the most common misconceptions with endometriosis is that you only get pain at the time of your period, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You, you can get pain throughout the month. So it's important to, to recognise that and, and recognise pain, not just at the time of your period, but throughout your menstrual cycle and, and to get help from your GP as soon as you, you start experiencing those symptoms. Yeah. And with regards to sort of conversations with partners or, or friends, obviously, bizarrely, our current world still has this strange taboo around talking about periods, which, you know, is part of pretty much every human's natural cycle uh, of things. So if someone is kind of nervous about broaching how they're feeling to someone, is there any advice you can give to them about how to be able to open up or be able to to be strong enough to share what their problems are? Because as Kirsten has said, in certain times she just felt, oh, maybe I'm just having heavy periods. Maybe, maybe I'm just causing a fuss out of nothing, you know? And it wasn't nothing. It's definitely something that, you know, is causing her and has caused her chronic pain for quite a, quite a while. Yeah, I think conversation is, is so important. And I think that's the first step really to helping breaking down those barriers and, and help breaking down those preconceptions that, you know, it's not just a bad period. So I think just be as open and honest as, as you can with everyone around you so that they they do understand it and, you know, and recognising that it, it's not their fault that they might be embarrassed by it. It's, you know, it's, it's a societal taboo. It's not their, their taboo that, you know, they might be wary around having conversations like this. But the more people, you know, like the people listening that have the courage to talk to people you know we're contributing to the breaking down of these taboos but yeah I think just just be honest with people and maybe just say to them you know I recognize that this is a difficult conversation that we're having I recognize that you know you might find it embarrassing or you you might find it difficult to talk about but we need to talk about this because it's important and it's affecting me yeah and with regards to say the workplace I'm sure you've come across many people who have felt really awful to the point where it is affecting you know how much they can work or how their capacity to work you know to normal pace at work what would you give folks who are really finding a struggle in approaching their employers about what's happening yeah so again I think set some time aside to talk to your employer about it so 
whether you have a regular catch up with them or or a monthly catch up, set some time aside to talk to them so you can explain exactly what endometriosis is and and how it affects you. We've just launched a endometriosis friendly employer scheme at Mm. Endometriosis UK, which is all about breaking down these taboos with workplaces, encouraging them to have an open dialogue about endometriosis with their employers and also working towards a solution that works for both of you. Mm. I think one of the big challenges for workplaces is that they might think, oh, how is this going to impact our business without necessarily thinking how is this impacting my employees so I think having an open conversation and trying to find you know that balance and easy solutions for what work for the both of you I think there are so many easy solutions you know that that are so easy for employers to establish whether that's flexible working working from home and so on so do have a look on the endometriosis UK website we've got a list of things to think about before you speak to your employer so I'll, I'll send those through to you Sarah so you can include those in here fantastic that's really useful thank you so much and as i say i think it is important to just get those communication lines open don't hold back don't hold things within yourself don't feel insular i think there is a lot of people as uh, Faye has said that who are who are suffering from the same as you if you have this condition and you know i think talking to those folks finding people who are coping with this on the day-to-day themselves as well will be hugely useful to your own well-being as well so please do reach out and be proactive so yes thank you so much Faye, for all your wonderful advice um do you want to just give us the address for the website one more time so people can ingrain that in their brains <laughs> yeah no absolutely thank Thank you. So it's www.endometriosis-uk.org. Superb. And I will pop that on our show notes. Well, Faye, thank you so much for all your amazing advice. I hope folks can uh, contact you and your wonderful charity for any more help and advice. And uh, as I say, all the other links to various things will be on our website and on the show notes. So uh, there's no excuse for you not to get proactive and get better day by day. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Faye, for all your wonderful help. No problem at all. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Well, a huge thanks to Faye. It's uh, fantastic, useful advice there. And do feel free to contact the charity too, regards to anything you've heard in this podcast, and I'm sure they will endeavour to help you. Uh, And of course, do support it if you would like to help fund research into endometriosis. So all the details for that are on our website. Now, Our final visit to Kirsten's real life in person with me at her dining table, kind of late at night, so we're like talking like this because we're a bit tired. We're we're working, busy, nice ladies. And I did ask also all of the participants on this podcast to at some point write a specific monologue. So what you've heard in the audio fiction isn't just things I've written and made up. It is some actual words that are taken verbatim from these interviews and from these monologue parts that I've asked these wonderful women to to write. So kudos to them for helping me shape the audio fiction side of things. I do have to warn you, though, that at some point during this, both of us break a little um, because it's Hurston's life, right? It's not just a story. The things she's talking about are happening to her right now. And I want to just underline that um, because it made me feel emotional. (laughs) So so tears were held at bay. I kind of like to imagine it like, you know, there's horizon pools where there's that lip and you just think, how can the water not just tip down and not stop? And that was like our tears on the edge of our eyelids. Uh, We held it together. We held, I did, she did. But... 
I also wanted to, at that point, just cry and hug her for a bit and just wail and but this, just a British, I suppose. And also cross for this bastard that invades her life all the time and just amazing and how dare that be part of her world daily. Anyway, I'm stopped being crossed now as that doesn't help, does it? Just support does and love does and positive things do and being a nice friend when I can be is useful, right? So anyway, I'm rambling. Stop it. This is Kirsten laying bare the true emotional pain of the yearning for a child and the perpetual nature of dealing with that chronic pain, adding on to that, suffering with vast mood swings, PCOS, which we talk about a little bit. And, and changing her diet because of this and the pressures of that in her day-to-day. So oh, there's much your tip, top tips for self-care in here. So I'm going to stop talking and here we go. I mean, day-to-day care for you. What do you say that sometimes you have clear days? <laughs> do you, What do you take when things are at their worst? Paracetamol, ibuprofen, even though I know that they don't really help. So <laughs> still don't so still take them. Okay. Like I don't really even take the edge off on those worst days, but those are the mm. things that I always have, have with me. Then I take naproxen is in the family of ibuprofen. So you can't take ibuprofen and naproxen at the same time. So I take that and that does help. But also it's one of those painkillers that you kind of almost need to take before the pain hits mm-hmm. for it to be really effective. I have tried in the past something called methanemic acid and transanemic <laughs> acid, I think it's called. I've tried both of those before, which are meant to... acid on it. it sounds... Yeah, uh, so which are meant to kind of lessen the bleeding. And those are things that I'd kind of been given as a teenager and tried at various times and it hasn't really helped. I also use a TENS machine. Oh, right, yes. Which I've started doing in the last year or so, which has been really helpful. Mm. So I used one in childbirth, yeah, which was amazing. I had one for my second. And, and, yeah. and so, yeah, I've got quite a small one, so it's got a sort of right behind you. Oh. Uh, so it's only like this big. The That big is about the size of a, a snooker ball, kind of. Circumference of, yeah. not the size no, of the not the size of one, but yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, so quite small. So yeah. you can kind of clip it to your, your underwear or trousers and it's kind of quite discreet and then you've just got the two pads. They're basically pulses that... Uh, pulses. That come Yeah, out. electric currents. You can set that, them, yeah, to acceptable very, levels for you. Very clear instructions. Do not use whilst you are driving the car, <laughs> which I probably would do. Don't put them in the wrong places. Don't put them in the wrong places. Don't wear them in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. but that does help okay um, yeah a lot i mean alternative therapies have you researched or thought about so i see an acupuncturist oh. she saw her today oh. um so yeah so i see her every week um so she, she, that? is that all over body or it's mostly on your legs because my friend was explaining this to me the other day that when you're born mm-hmm. or when you're developing obviously your legs grow out of from your abdomen so mm-hmm. therefore they're connected still to what's going on in your abdomen so therefore the various pressure points in your leg do things correspond see we're so amazingly complicated aren't we i wish we knew a bit more about all that beauteous connectivity i really do so no that's fascinating that's something that i would like to try for my allergies expert asthma whatever else i've got on the list so yeah so she's treating again for fertility Mm. um 
but also for general pain mm-hmm. and she deals with the whole of you mm-hmm. so although she's there she's treating just one aspect it's everything mm. and it's because it's with um acupuncture it's all to do with your chi mm. and your flow and your and how energy your energy flows around your body so mm-hmm. in one sense she treats me but she's also a therapist she's a nutritionalist mm-hmm. so you know she she kind of gives you all kinds of advice to to try and help you on the path for where you're trying to go. Can I ask where you found her, where you look for her? Was that just a local site or so that, that was, was a recommendation from a friend who was also dealing with secondary fertility? So where you've okay. had one child but then struggle to conceive mm-hmm. um, more children. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a friend from my NCT group. Our sons are the same age. Right. So how long have you been doing that for now? That has been since October. Okay. So a couple of months now. And you feel the benefit? Is that the right word to use? Do you feel different for having experienced that? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But it's difficult to really know exactly what's helping. And at the very least, it gives me an hour out of my week where I can go and lie in a dark room and listen to calming music. So there's a lot to be said for that time exactly. out moment on there, um, which you probably don't have enough of as a, as a mummy and a working woman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, having that time and and I've been looking into meditation at the mm. moment. So I kind of use Good. that time and mm. my father-in-law is a therapist and he works quite a lot with kind of using your breath to mm. control and to um, reduce anxiety and things like that. And he's also a musician. Yes. So he has created a piece of music which goes along with the breathing method that he uses. So he uses something called 7 breathing where you breathe in for seven and then out yep. for 11. Mm. And so he's created this piece of music which basically takes you on that cycle of seven beats then 11. So mm. it kind of you just follow the music and it, it kind of almost tells you when to breathe in and when to breathe out. So I listen to that Sounds cycle. Sounds beautiful. Because well, I think meditation is wonderful. Yeah. I've only recently started doing it. I went on a course last year to okay. spiritual psychology mm. of acting. And yeah, the chap there were, just did some very gentle thing. And I thought, yes, actually. And I feel that has made a difference to mm. my control of my own sereness <laughs> which I know is very hard but yeah no I, I do feel better for it and I think you know you need moments of grounding in the now and mm-hmm. I feel like I've found my life very difficult to be in this moment because a lot of the time I've been thinking about what has happened or the 25,100 things I thought of doing in the next 10 minutes so yeah so I think that has made me very much more appreciative of of this moment and I think for anyone going through anything with either chronic pain or continual expectant of that is going to come and you have to deal with that I think having moments for meditation and and grounding into the person who looks out from those eye places whoever that may be it's really key I think yeah I've just started trying to do it at home so I have an app Mm-hmm. Good jumps, yeah. Yes. See, that um, kind of takes you through guided meditation, and actually, it's quite similar to the meditation that we actually do for my son when he goes to bed. Uh-huh. Kind of um, like a body check. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that for him, and actually, that's something that I need to do more for myself. Okay. So yeah, I try and do that myself. I've started doing that at home with him as well. So I'll kind of have it on 
the person talking you through this and he'll just be sitting there reading his book next to me right. saying, what, what is this mental talking about <laughs> on the other day it was on Mommy, this is really calming. <laughs> Good. Um, but also kind of thinking about acupuncture and uh, meditation. Another thing that I've been using is visualisation, mm. which is something that my my stepmother-in-law suggested to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually suggested it to me in an email before my first surgery, and I was actually reading her email as they called me to surgery. So I didn't really quite manage to take it all in at that point. And then after the second surgery, she said, don't forget, you know, try visualisation. That's something that I did try. And and she kind of said, think of something that is going to come in and clear out Mm -hmm. the pain and clear out the toxins and whatever that's going on. So yes. I imagined that I had, because obviously I'm a medievalist and mm-hmm. I focus a lot of time talking about the Crusades when mm-hmm. I'm at work, I imagined that I had an army of soldiers, <laughs> of medieval soldiers, and they would march up onto my stomach yep. and they would go in through the incisions. Amazing. And they would clear everything out and they would fight everything off. Be very noisy. And, <laughs> and then once they were done, I would have a few of them. They would just stay on my stomach and they would guard my incisions to make sure that nothing would go in. Yes. Um, and then also um, I'd been reading to my son um, a book called Mimi and the Mountain Dragon. Okay, I don't know this one. So it's about a dragon which people think is attacking them but actually isn't and comes and, and helps them and there's a baby mm-hmm. dragon and a mother dragon. Mm-hmm. And so I, I then had kind of also thinking about the fertility aspect of it as well and I kind of imagine mm-hmm. that I have this baby dragon mm-hmm. inside that mm-hmm. I'm protecting that one day yes. I'd come out. <laughs> and it's beautiful, yeah. That's something that um, has helped. Mm. And sorry. And I don't know whether it helped or whether it just gave me that moment to turn off. Uh-huh. So, you know, when I decided that it was I'd had enough and I needed to go lie down in those those few weeks after that surgery and I would just go into that little world and go into okay this is what's happening and this is how they're cleaning them out it kind of gave me that moment to focus on thinking about getting better healing yeah and healing and kind of using the power of your mind to try and positive positive feelings mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I, I think that's beautiful and maybe other folks haven't even thought of that and that is yeah and the positive power of that Mm. is probably more than we know and again I was talking to someone else about you know the the brain and how it works and all the those little hormones and chemicals that because of how we're thinking the dopamine Mm. and all the other things that you know might contribute to better place for fertility Mm. or feeling better or healing yeah I think that's wonderful so I'm sure that's useful to to folks who are listening Mm. I mean and, and if there is someone listening who who's perhaps in the same similar place as you perhaps they have one lovely little someone and hope to add to the family what advice would you give them for keeping on seek help Mm. and you know try and work out whether there is some underlying problem going Mm. on and you know hopefully there is something they can do to help and I hope that what they have done with me is going to help. Um, me too. And 
but definitely taking time for yourself, mm. especially when today's life, everybody is so busy. Yeah. But taking that time to yourself, you know, as I said, the you know the acupuncture. On one hand, I have no idea whether it is working, but it is giving me that time to myself. Mm. But at the end of the day, I don't really know what kind of what is going to to help because it, it's so difficult to. And I think any fertility problem is unbelievably difficult mm-hmm. to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think with secondary fertility problems, it's it's kind of something that's not really talked about. Mm. Because, and I know that there are so many people out there who want to have a child. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm not able to. Mm. And then there's people like me who have a child, but that doesn't stop the yearning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I did say that this is the point where we both were a little overcome. Um, you know, that big <gasps> staggering breath of holding in, we held it together. I'm holding back that audible sob at this point where I just didn't want to break because I was meant to be the listening one and I didn't want to cry, but I really did. I think for me it was just the mention of the mummy dragon protecting that baby space and that clear image and that nurture and her face and the truth in her eyes and the pain in her eyes and I don't know, I'm sure you've looked someone in the eye truly being honest and saying exactly how they feel as, you know, I've done that with other pals throughout my life, but less so as an adult, I guess, in some respects. And I know it is one of the most powerful emotions ever, isn't it? And it, it hit me in a wave just to... <laughs> wasn't sure. Just to let the silence kind of ring out or fill it. And I panicked and started rambling and talking uh, in a very British way about me, (laughs) self-centred as I am, uh, about my life experience, talking about various elements that are not so relevant to this podcast and there's not enough time in this podcast to even discuss in a way because it's a totally different thing. But that meant I could identify with the inherent yearning for a child that Kirsten was so beautifully talking about and I rambled for a little bit on the possibility of having to come to terms with maybe I wouldn't be able to have any more children being lucky enough to have conceived one healthy, happy little bundle. And anyway, we rejoin as I was thinking about how that made me feel about other people having successfully conceived and how other people were being able to do this and feeling the feelings that brought up and and we do explore those feelings a little bit more through Gabby and Freya's relationship in later audio fiction episodes so I'll just stop talking we'll jump back in. (laughs) Also friendships I found it very difficult when other people were falling pregnant and Mm -hmm. and things like that became I wanted to celebrate with them obviously because that I also felt was important to embrace those Mm -hmm. new lives and those miracles of birth which is what they are isn't it and so yeah I I can absolutely identify that and I think um I mean within my relationship I think it did pull us together but Mm. I know with so many of my pals it's made things very difficult I mean would you say you're in a good place (laughs) with the relationship wise has this made you stronger together it has I think it pulled us apart a bit mm. and then we've regrouped. Yeah. 
and refocused. And I think being in on that together has helped Mm. and talking about what what we're feeling. So I think that's something that we often forget is that communication is the thing that underpins everything. Yeah, for sure. And because you're working folks, both of you, you have that. And looking after the young man you've mm-hmm. got is you know it's not easy with little ones <laughs> with on top of everything else that yeah is going on so yeah I, I, I agree communication is, is very key and as far as kind of prioritizing your time you've kind of made it clear that maybe it's been more important to take some time for you and I do hope that anyone listening right now is who doesn't do that considers taking even if it's an hour <laughs> I think that's so key in a week I I think f- I did um some daycare therapy for my skin where I would get completely covered in whatever it was they were going to put on me um but actually I think the healing process of that was like with your acupuncture going to this space once a day every day for a certain amount of time and just not being able to do anything else mm-hmm. and I had the headspace to think whereas I don't think that I had that time to think uh, if I if I hadn't have done that and had that in that particular point in my life I think it was very important so so yeah so taking that sometime I think for whatever condition it is that that you're either battling with dealing with or whatever word you want to use that yeah that's key well thank you so much for sharing some of your time is there anything else you want to say or that you wanted to convey anyone you wanted to talk about I want to say hot water bottles (laughs) (laughs) which is a wonderful word to say several times in a row have you ever tried to do that no okay let's go hot water bottles hot water bottles hot water bottles anyway they help a lot as well yeah and Anywhere, back, tummy, yeah, tummy. I, that gas pain that I was talking about after surgery in your shoulders, shoulders. that helps the. Okay. Um, but I always get told off by my husband with the hot water bottles because I hot. make them so hot that I then burn myself oh, with no, them. Naughty. Um, but yeah. it does need to be really hot, otherwise, it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, as well as having my diagnosis of endometriosis, I was also diagnosed with PCOS, which oh, yes. is polycystic ovary syndrome, mm-hmm. which also can affect fertility. Mm-hmm. And so kind of on the back of that and researching into that, I have made a lot of changes to my diet, which should hopefully help both conditions. It's essentially an anti-inflammatory diet. Right. Can I just ask with, with people who might not know what 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 is it is it to do with cysts more cysts growing within? Um, it can be that you have lots of cysts on your ovaries. Yeah. However, it's one of those things that actually I was diagnosed via a blood test mm. rather than via a scan, and I d- actually don't have many of the more obvious symptoms mm. of it. Kind of one of the Symptoms can be kind of extreme weight gain in a short period of time um, and then finding it really difficult to lose that weight. Um, Another one can be loss of hair, so kind of like losing patches of your hair. It's almost like alopecia. Mm. But then also growing hair, so kind of like growing facial facial hair, those kind of things, and skin tags as Mm. well. You know, and there are things which can be really difficult for for people to 
deal with in terms of kind of body image Mm -hmm. and so I've been following a diet to kind of help with those symptoms and again help with fertility and you know they're they are big changes but one of the underlying problems with PCOS is that eventually it can cause diabetes um, because you can become um, resistant to the insulin that your body produces right and so I have recently cut out sugar from my diet. Oh, good. I'm so sorry that had to happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's uh, hard. That, that's that really is hard. very... That's, that's not cake. Well, you can make special cake. Special cake. I could in. But yeah, I now find things like fruits, very sweet. Right, <laughs> yeah. Before. Has it's it changed your taste buds? Change, because you're not having so much sugar. Buds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it also means that you need to be very careful. There's sugar in all kinds of things that you wouldn't expect. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. And so my son has allergies, so we don't have milk or soya, mm-hmm. which were also two of the things that you need to cut out for this diet. So I was already oh, okay. ahead of the game, which was good. <laughs> and then cutting out gluten. So I've cut that out. Gosh. And then the most recent one that I've added to that is sugar. And caffeine as well, which I've not had caffeine <gasps> since before. That's well, no chocolate. Oh. Well, you can have some. Okay. That's, so, I was really I starting to dark, worry. Dark chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. With no, no sugar I love. Okay. No, I do <laughs> like that, that bitter. I feel like, like that's making me better. Yeah. yeah. The v- most expensive one on the shelf. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and a really bitter, bitter one. No, one. I do. I do like that. But yeah, I, that must be so difficult. With everything. But going out, I suppose now, a lot more menus have got itemised things and yeah. and people are a bit more savvy, aren't they, as to what... And I think because we were it. used to it dealing yes. with the allergies, yeah. it has made it easier. And I think well, cutting... Fabulous, any- I must say. You. you have glowing skin <laughs> I would pay a billion pounds for. <laughs> I think kind of cutting anything out of your diet mm. is really difficult. Yeah. But once you've done it... Actually, it's easier to do that mm. next thing. Mm. And so, yeah, because I kind of had to do it when my son was about eight months, as he was reacting to the milk and the soya that I was eating. Oh, so gosh. he was reacting to that through my breast milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of looking into the possibilities of alternative milks, which mm. don't have cow's milk in, yeah, is gosh. a really difficult process. And actually it was much easier just to cut it out of my diet mm. than to kind of find an alternative bottle sure. for him to have. So I was kind of forced into doing that, but an unbelievably difficult. And, you know, you having to check the packets of everything yes. and, and then kind of all of the free from stuff. Mm has lots of extra additives in like sugar oh, and yes. and so, so you so try think you're being good but yeah. so now I've just kind of cut out mm. other kinds of things but, but yeah. yeah that's all about anti-inflammatory and so kind of mm. trying to deal with the problems and then one other thing I want to say that's really difficult to deal with the kind of linking endometriosis and fertility is that we talked about the blood not having anywhere to escape. Yes. Um, but as a result, that causes huge amounts of bloating. Okay. Which is more commonly known as endobelly. How lovely. <laughs> um, but that especially like different from Game of Thrones. If you're it? trying to get pregnant mm. and yet every month you look four or five months pregnant. Okay. You know, we're talking that right. extreme amount of bloating. And, you know, and for some women it's even worse than, it's worse than that. Mm. So that's really difficult to deal with the fact that you're trying to have yes. a baby, but yet you look, look you pregnant. Look, mm. And so that's... Do people comment then? Has it gone that far? It hasn't, no. But okay. then 
the clothes that I wear, I've always worn clothes which kind of cover that. So okay, it's okay. not too so noticeable. You learn to so you kind of, of know yeah. how to... Mm. Okay. But psychologically, as a woman, then, yes, there's that happening continually. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot to be said, isn't there, for your own self-body image as in as much as feeling comfortable in your own skin and I think seeing yourself change so much then mm. it, within each month is kind of difficult. Or what would you say to, to women who have that about keeping your head above water? Um, How do you do it? What do you do? <laughs> Just keep going and then having a support network. Yeah. And having people who understand helps. Have you got quite a lot? I mean, you've talked about various individuals, but who would you say supports you most? Definitely my husband. Hooray. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's he's the one who is literally picking me up off the floor mm-hmm. each month, uh, who has to deal with my terrible mood swings that go with it. Okay. And obviously my son having to deal with all of that as well and not really understanding what's going on, but understands that he needs to, you know, mummy is poorly, and mm-hmm. that, you know, especially after my surgeries, kind of knowing I've got to be really careful around mummy's tummy that I don't hurt her. Right. I mean, with this saying about the mood swings, is that become very vocal and very snappy and cross, or is that very snappy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? It's difficult for me because I react to your hormones even if you don't say anything, <laughs> so I'm very aware of it. Whatever the tone, really. Mm, okay. Um, it's just a cloud. It's not. It's not. It's not aggression. It's not violence. It's just a cloud. You know, it's happening. You know, the whole sort of hormonal reasons for it, and so. And quite yeah. often, I'm not really fully aware of it until I'm out the other side. Okay. And I can look back and actually, I feel. Cathartic. I feel myself now, whereas yeah. yeah, when when I'm in that state, I don't always yeah know it until I've snapped. <laughs> And Thank how does you. that make you feel? They're coming out of it and realise that's what whatever just happened happened. Uh, it's. I think I've definitely come to terms with it more, and and I'm more aware of it. So therefore, when it is happening, I kind of know what's happening, okay. and that I can be aware of that. And yeah, and unfortunately, it does tend to come out mostly at home, mm-hmm. and I can try and keep it more suppressed what well, i don't know my students may say, I was gonna say things. Some, some, <laughs> some students might yeah <laughs> get it now and then you've forgotten your books <laughs> but like, i mean i'm sure like many women listening will probably identify with that and i think with 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 children of any age you know just the, the simple thing of finding their shoes and getting them on becomes ridiculously hard for them and that becomes the reason that you explode <laughs> for, for at least 10 minutes so yeah. so yeah I think I'm sure people would identify with that for sure well thank you very 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 much for, for sharing all for of this giving me the opportunity to talk about it well um, I am certain that there's people listening here who are nodding along or going that I might try that you know I think the whole point of this is to just get communication going. And I think mm. one thing for those women out there is to remember that they are the ones who know their bodies mm. and that they need to trust their instinct. If something isn't right, they're the ones who are going to know about it. Yeah. And no matter how many times you get turned away by the doctors saying that it's nothing, you're the one who is the expert in knowing 
how your body works. Even if you don't understand it, you know when something's not working Mm -hmm. and to trust that instinct. Absolutely brilliant advice. So there you go, you heard it from Kirsten. (laughs) Go go sort yourselves out if you feel that gut is telling you in more ways than one to, yeah, get things sorted out. Well, thank you very much, Kirsten. Okay, so what it boils down to, ladies, is that spidey sense is real, except it's not Spider-Man we're talking about. Sexy as he might be in that body-fitting suit. <clears throat> Sorry, I digress. I was like, oh, yeah, it's um, the superheroes. Superheroes. The superheroes are you. Superheroes. Every day. Yes? You and those gut feelings. If things aren't right, get help. Demand help. Keep going until you get the help you need was Kirsten's sort of last hurrah because you are a superhero so you know what you need is a, a gritted smile of determination to live the best you can just getting through every day somehow some way sometimes I guess not even knowing how you got to bedtime or wine or gin or cuddles o'clock <laughs> so you, you are you're a a battler Gah, some days will be harder for you than maybe anyone else you know and maybe they won't know that and they'll be horrid or demanding or annoying when you're at your lowest and you just soldier on being amazing being superhuman for everyone under your body's duress but you can't keep doing that can you you can't so maybe start to communicate when things start to feel heavy, feel wrong, feel like you can't do this. And if your endo sense is tingling, like Kirsten said, and you know your body and things aren't right, do you fight for your right to be seen and checked and get that ball rolling with support from where you can? Get it, (laughs) please. And I do hope sincerely that you get the right help from some wonderful caring people. Find your tribe is a saying, isn't it? Yeah, some people hate that. I think it's great. So again, I'm so grateful to Kirsten for sharing part of her journey and her lowlights and highlights so far. And I don't mean to like talk of it like it's a football match. <laughs> Obviously, with this podcast, I had a brief to keep to, but there are so many more parts of this condition and this mental and physical journey I would love to explore. But I, I just need to find more funding and time to to make that happen. So if you would like to hear more about Kirsten's story or ask questions or just come and meet other folks with endometriosis we have set up a for free chilled out online hello session this sunday the 10th of may to coincide with the last of the episodes focusing on kirsten's story and we would love to see you there uh seriously just come and hang (laughs) bring your own bottle Uh, all i ask is if uh, if you want to and if you can feel free to ping a £3 donation to the Quirky Voices Ko-Fi, which, if you put in the notes, endometriosis, will all be contributed at the end of May to one of our favourite charities. <laughs> Can you guess which one? Details on how to sign up for this meeting are on the show notes and on the quirkyvoices.weebly.com website, so do jump in and see on there what the cast look like, if you like. Uh, they're all gorgeous inside and out. So, thank you so much for listening. Honestly, I appreciate all the people sharing it everywhere. Please continue to do that. So, if I can ask a, a request that if you've heard it and you found it useful, just ping it out to your social media if you've enjoyed it. 
uh, with a with a happy note on have a listen to this if you've got this I think uh, it would be wonderful so that's the whole point of this podcast I have to give a shout out to Lisa for sharing it on her blooming uterus blog links to that are on uh, show notes and the music you're listening to right now is the breathing stimulus meditative music Kirsten mentioned in her interview it's made by her father-in-law and there's a website you can have a look on which is www.in8.uk.com and I'll put that link on the website too I hope you enjoy this music. I'll let it play out at the end of the dialogue today so you can end on a chilled out note. And obviously, do hand it down and use it to find your chilled happy place too. See if it helps. So all that remains to say is thank you to my wonderful cast, Diane Alexander, Lara Parker, Lucy Shirley, Fiona Thrale for their awesome executive producership. And of course, Kirsten Stansfield for ah, being all woman being superhero, endo warrior and good friend for helping out with this crazy epic pot. I love them all. Thanks to Matt Hutt and Zach Lemon for the groovy theme tune and some incidental music for Kessie for the artwork. If, if you've got any questions that you want to get in touch about, then please do on Twitter at Quirky Voices or ping me an email on quirkyvoices at gmail.com. Thanks again to the Welcome Trust and Pulse Awards funding team. Thank you for listening. Do join us next week for our groovy first episode, focusing on the wonderful Gabby. And Lara Parker shares so much raw and soul and parts of her own personal history, her story, that I feel other women who have had postnatal or perinatal depression need to hear to know how they feel, how they were and are, is how other women have did and will feel and so yes please do share these anyone for coffee episodes far and wide and have a good have a brilliant week and uh, speak soon Mm. bye